Welcome to Sound and Vision, that trivia-based wonder of pop culture, with your host, Marty Boston. Thank you, Scary Children. Yes, it's a, another episode with me, Marty Boston. This week, normally we'll go down uh, themes which you may or may not be aware of, whereas this theme, we've kind of taken a, a 180. Uh, last week, my guest, we were briefly discussing uh, superheroes. Um, we were on about Jack Nicholson, and a superhero film came up in that discussion. And it got me thinking about superhero movies in general. And Hollywood, obviously, in this period of time, loves anything superhero-related. Comic books are snapping them up. They're grabbing them because, clearly, they're making all the money. However, it got me thinking, are there superhero films out there which aren't based on comic books? You'll be surprised that there's quite a few, to be fair. Going back to the earliest one which I found, it's it's not one which I've chosen, so I can go into detail about that, is uh, Darkman, which is a late 80s film which I would highly recommend you watching. Again, funny enough, uh, my guest last week, Luke, was describing Darkman as well, so I'd highly recommend you have a look into that. However, that is the theme for this week, so superhero movies, not based on comic books. If you're joining us for the first time, or you'd like a refresh, this is how the show works. Myself, and normally my guest, but it's just me this week, so myself will be giving you four films. I will be giving you three clues for each film. After those three clues have been given to you, a little bit of music's going to be played for you. That's not related to the film in any way, shape, or form. That's your moment to try and work out what the clues are in relation to, I'll come back, reveal what the film is, chat about it for a little bit, about the plot, for example, and then go on to the next film. And that's going to be happening four times over. So me, 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 and me. Simple enough, you can play along at home. So I'll go on to my first. The film is shot as a series of long, very long by Hollywood standards, tracking shots, often with stark shadows or unusual camera angles to mimic the storyboard flow of a comic book. Clue 2. The glass cane that Eli Price uses was Samuel L. Jackson's idea. Hmm. And clue 3. The scene where David's son tries to shoot him to prove he has superpowers is a reminiscent of an actual accident in which George Reeves was once confronted by a child who threatened to shoot him with a real gun while he was in his Superman costume. Reeves got the boy to put the gun down by convincing him it would ricochet and hurt someone. Right, and this is your time. Imagine, if you will, you're engulfed 
in sadness. Your name's David Dunn. Uh, you're a former football player and now a security guard with an unsuccessful marriage. Yet you're in a devastating train crash that claimed the lives of 131 people. However, you have not a scratch on you. Before long, your polar opposite, the brittle-boned comic book art dealer Eli Price, approaches you. Um, the sole survivor of this tragedy, utterly convinced that luck has nothing to do with your survival and the mysterious stranger has a theory which explains the condition of a man whose bones never break. However, does life define one destiny? And above all, are you unbreakable? Yes, it's the 2000 film by M. Night Shyamalan, Unbreakable. Um, an amazing film, one which at the point in time kind of went under the radar. It was just on the cusp of when the superhero genre really started to explode. You had X-Men, you had Spider-Man. It was that type of era. Batman was uh, 97 for Batman and Robin. So it had been a few years since then as well. Um, you, you had this period of time when it wasn't about the franchise. It wasn't about the next film. It was just independent little films. And with this film, M. Night Shyamalan, clearly a fan of comic books in this situation, felt the necessity to create his own story um, in an amazing scenario when, through a horrible situation, you find out later about the train accident and how it happens as well, which is horrific in its own sense, is able to somehow surpass any idea of getting through this alive i mean it, it's absolutely shocking but the, the, the train wreck 131 people any train accident but it's a brutal it's it's not just knocking over a cow it's destroyed absolutely obliterated and this man survives with not a scratch on him it's absolutely amazing um and samuel jackson's character comes along and tries to tell you that this this is who you are you need to be a superhero and through various ways he starts to become a superhero. Now, his outfit isn't the best, I'll be honest. It is a poncho. Um, it doesn't really scream Superman, but it works within this world. He does it at night time. He has the security guard, so he's already got the outfit as well. He has a weakness, which I'm not going to go into, because, again, it's something which, hopefully, you'll be able to look into when you watch the film, or, if you've watched the film, a refresh as well. But overall, it's M. Night Shyamalan's with a half-decent score, to be fair. Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson, you can't really go wrong with it. it. They're always a good combo. Die Hard with a Vengeance is another prime example with that. And this, coincidentally, then spurred two films which came into the franchise. So although it wasn't necessarily part of the franchise when it started, it now is. Split and Glass. And they've got other people involved. You didn't know that it was, that Split was part of the franchise until the very, very end. Sorry, spoiler, but you need to be aware because it's part of the franchise. And now, and now it's been part of a trilogy with Glass as well. When both James McAvoy's character in Split comes into it, as well as Samuel Jackson's character and Bruce Willis's character as well. So... It's now a trilogy, but you can sit back, relax, and watch. I'd highly recommend watching Unbreakable. It's a fairly enjoyable film. It was when Bruce Willis was 
just doing every film physically possible. He's not doing so much these days, to say the least, but back then in the early noughties, late nineties, he was really throwing them out there, and some of them are fairly good, like this one as an example. That is my first choice. We're going to move on now to the second. Clue one. The film has no original score only using sources such as radio and iPods to generate music. Director Joss Trank made Dane DeHaan, Michael B. Jordan and Alex Russell live in a house together for 15 days in order to create a genuine bond between the three actors. Clue 3. A cable cam rig was used for scenes when the character Andrew levitates his camera in the air. Hmm. We'll be back after this. teenager named Andrew. Um, life is nothing short of a nightmare. And on top of that, you're, um, you can't deal with social interactions. You have to cope with an alcoholic, abusive father and a mother who's suffering from a terminal illness. Life's not great, to say the least. And as a form of therapy, you film your life with a video camera. Now, whilst doing that, your best friend Steve and your cousin Matt discover an alien source which gives you superpowers. You decide to use this newfound ability for darker purposes. This is from the absolutely amazing film Chronicle, which was made in 2012. Now, a few of these actors, funny enough, went on to star in other superhero movies. Michael B. Jordan most recently did Black Panther. And this film, it, it's purely done with a video camera. So if you think of that type of framework, so you've got the shaky camera lens, it's that Cloverfield aspect, but with superheroes behind it instead. There's a lot of flying about and telekinesis and you know crushing cans with their mind and hands. And it's it's good because it looks like home footage. So you really get this sense of this could potentially be reality. This could actually be happening. So you get that sense of that. But the film overall is really good because it shows you how people deal with this new sense of power and importance when not necessarily in their lives they've had it prior can affect someone's mental mindset when it comes to how to use these powers. And in particular with Andrew, it really, really does go south. He starts to realise that because of these powers which he has now, he's unstoppable. He's able to do things now which he wasn't able to. And because of that, his dad, who's an alcoholic, you know, his tragic past, the fact that he can't deal with people, he's above all of it. He can surpass all of it. He can get rid of all of it. He can be a new man with his newfound abilities. Obviously, Andrew and Steve, they, they don't feel like that. And it's the issues between 
Steve and Matt and Andrew and how they try and resolve this. Do they fight each other? You know, does anyone die? I'm not going to tell you. What I do want you to do, though, is watch this film because, okay, Josh Trank didn't make such a good film after this because he also directed the Fantastic Four film, the 2015 Fantastic Four film, which, funny enough, had Michael B. Jordan in again. Um, Let's not focus on that, although I feel like it gets a lot of stick, um, and I don't necessarily believe it needs to. Yeah, admittedly, the ending wasn't that good, but throughout the rest of it, it uh, it was a good origin story, I believe, but we'll not go into that. Ignore the fact that Josh has done that, because this film really shows what he can do as a director all three actors are wonderful. The the video camera, you have to get used to it, I'll be honest. It's not something which you necessarily can just stick on and watch. Um, you have to get into the mindset that it is going to be purely like that. There's not going to be any high-definition shots. There's not going to be any expanding landscape shots. It's not a Nolan film. Um, but what you do get, as I said prior, is that sense of reality, that sense that maybe this is a video camera which you've found and you've seen all the footage which someone filmed it's it's a truly unique concept on a superhero movie and i'd highly highly recommend it that was my second choice and this will be my third film clue one the original screenplay was much darker apart from being a low life the main character was supposed to be sexually frustrated because he couldn't have sex with a woman without killing her. The MPAA actually cleared a scene involving the character's explosive orgasm, but it was removed from the final cut because the test audience didn't find it funny. The tone was lightened considerably for a summer release aimed at a wide audience, but the MPAA gave the film an R rating twice before language and violent cuts resulted in a PG-13. Clue 2. This is the second film that Will Smith and Charlie Theron starred in since The Legend of Badger Vance in the year 2000. And clue 3. Will Smith's first time portraying a superhero or starring in a superhero film. The second time being a comic book-based character, Deadshot, in the film Suicide Squad, 2016. Now, if you haven't seen this, I, I, I would be very, very surprised that you wouldn't be able to get it off those clues alone. However, if you need a little bit of time to think, here's your chance.
up. You're a superhero. Congratulations. However, your ill-considered behavior is regularly causing damage in the millions. Luckily, that all changes when a person you save helps you to improve your public image. That's what happens in the 2008 film Hancock, starring Will Smith, Charlie Saron, and Jason Bateman. Um, again, an interesting take. For someone who is Will Smith, you would have assumed that he would have done something like this long, long ago. He has that charismatic image of himself. He, he's, he's a lovable character. Everyone enjoys him. So clearly, he's a selling factor in this. And yet, for some reason, it took the best part of 15, 20 years for him when his career started to get involved with this. He's dabbled in sci-fi, admittedly, with Men in Black and a few other films, uh, I Am Legend as well. However, to have that superpower movie, this was his first one. And it's a it's an interesting concept, to be fair, when it comes to Hancock. You find out why his name is Hancock, which is a wonderful little moment. But he is someone who... Almost going back to Chronicle, what you what you would do with these powers, and maybe you wouldn't choose the correct choices. Maybe you're going down a path which you're just fed up. And with Hancock in particular, as I said in the first clue, he's a womanizer, he um, he's an alcoholic, he's a drunk, but he's still a superhero. But he'll do it with that bumbling buffoon effect as well. So he'll go around drunkenly as he's flying hitting signposts and lampposts and crashing through buildings but also just in the nick of time saving people's lives as well there's a wonderful scene when he um he goes into a bank because it's being robbed and he's able to save all the people and this one person and he's trying to do a good image so he's been told not not to kill any of the bad guys and this guy just keeps pushing him, pushing him, and pushing him over and over again. And through various ways, he this man has a detonator for a bomb. He he gets the detonator off him. And the way that he does it is that he creates a disc from a sheet of metal, sharpens it, throws it, cuts the man's hand off, and it's a dead man trigger. So then he holds the hand and he gives it to the police officer and all the hostages escape. It's a wonderful little moment. And this film really works on me. It's definitely a comedy. There are some light-hearted moments um, which get a little bit emotional, to say the least. But overall, it's very much a Sunday, you know, sit in your pyjamas with some popcorn and just chill out when you can watch this. It's a really enjoyable film. Is it the best superhero film ever created? No, not by a mile. But it's an enjoyable one nonetheless. I'd highly recommend it. There's a couple of U-turns with this. There's a couple of moments which you don't necessarily expect. Are they the best? No. Um, Are they predictable? Sure. Um, Do they fit? No. But on top of all of that, although that's all negative, because it's Will Smith, you and because it's Jason Bateman, to be fair, as well, you can't help but enjoy and invest in the characters in the film itself. So I would highly recommend giving Hancock a watch. That is my third choice. Now I'm going to go on to the fourth and final film, Clue 1. The role of Jacques was supposed to be played by Jean-Claude Van Damme 
up until a week before shooting began. The director said the guy was kind of AWOL. I just couldn't risk that personality type on this movie. Kevin Bacon stepped in as a last-minute replacement. Clue 2. Towards the end of the movie, when Liv Tyler is in a rehab group session, she is heard stating she's effed up, insecure, neurotic and emotional. This is a reference and nod to her rocker father, Stephen Tyler of Aerosmith, and his 1980s song, Fine, which is an acronym for the same line. Clue 3. Rain Wilson came to the project via Jenna Fish's relationship with her ex-husband, James Gunn. Gunn was discussing his script with Fisher and asked her to take a look at it, sending her a copy on the set of The Office in the year 2005. Fisher read the script, loved it, and thought Wilson would be a great choice as the lead. She gave the script to her co-worker, and Wilson immediately decided to make the film. Now, out of the four, if I'm going to be brutally honest, this one is my absolute favourite of four. It's a very enjoyable film, a few twists and turns, really dark humour, and we'll go into it after this. Your wife, she uh, she falls under the influence of a drug dealer, which is awkward. Um, and you, being an everyday guy, you transform yourself into a crimson bolt, a superhero with the best intentions, but lacking in heroic skills. Whilst researching superheroes, you come across Libby, a clerk at a comic book store who becomes your sidekick. That is the basic plot for the 2010 film Super, starring... Rain Wilson as the Crimson Bolt. If you know who Rain Wilson is, he's um, not necessarily your first choice for a superhero film. And that's what makes this film brilliant. His sidekick is Ellen Page as well. We've gone into Kevin Bacon. We've gone into Liv Tyler. Kevin Bacon's the drug dealer. Liv Tyler's the wife. And just these two together is a wonderful idea because it's not necessarily someone you would necessarily think of when it comes to a main superhero in particular but the psychic the comedy aspect of it as well because it's dealing with drugs because it's dealing with a wife who's having an affair and then leaves him as well there's some quite adult scenes to say the least um but what you get from this is this real emotional and heartfelt story about a guy who's just trying to do right in the world because he's been wronged he only has two perfect moments in his life and one of them is when he was married to Liv Tyler. That's now been obliterated. His other is when he helped a police officer stop a bad guy. He's only got that one. He's watching a Christian TV show, and through various ways, he gets this idea that he should be a superhero. He should be the Crimson Bolt. Now, he sews his own outfit, which is amazing. There's a montage moment when he's sewing his outfit, 
and he's looking for a weapon or something useful which he can use to fight crime. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a wrench essentially, which he bashes people over the head with. So then he becomes a vigilante, which the police are after. He has a a saying which he says he says shut up crime, which is a wonderful moment. Ellen Page is wonderful as well because she's so invested in the comic book idea. Hence why she's a comic book clerk. She's really enjoying the the idea of becoming a superhero so becoming a psychic's fantastic however because this is a realistic portrayal of what would happen if you're a vigilante there's a particular scene when them two are next to a dumpster just sitting around waiting for crime to which she says is this what you do all day and he's like yeah yeah it is i'm just waiting around and she's like this is boring this is not what i was expecting yeah yeah no it pretty much is and that's what we have to do and the ending is for for a film which is very comedy aspect dark comedy but very comedy aspect the shock ending or near the ending still sticks with me now it's something which i don't think i'll ever forget to be fair which i was not expecting from a superhero film with rain wilson being the lead superhero it's it's baffling but there's a moment when you don't expect what happens happens and you just completely are taken back from it. It's it's absolutely shocking. It's it's a wonderful way to do it because it really hits you in the stomach when it comes to the emotions of this. And the ending as well, it, you know, it gets light-hearted again near the end. But wow, what a U-turn. It, it's absolutely amazing. And it's definitely up there for, for moments which I did not expect in a film to happen. I would highly recommend Super. Definitely not one for the kids, I'll be honest. But it's a really, really enjoyable experience. That is my fourth choice. And that is the end of this week's show. Next week, I'll be back with another guest and another theme. Um, However, like I said, please watch all all four of these films maybe not all in the same night but they are once again as followed unbreakable chronicle hancock and the absolutely amazing super have a week <laughs>